0: No, I, think so. <laughs> I think so. Maybe it, it yeah, like it's uh, gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really cool. Hello, and welcome to the Guts Gates podcast with myself, Gregory Harrison, Elliot Marius and Graham Jordan. And today's special guests we have Moxie Rockets from the Rex. Space Pirates, Life Jacket, probably a billion other bands, and Monsieur Tim Corbett. How welcome, welcome. Oh fuck! I
1: fucked
0: that. <laughs> that. Let's do that all
1: <laughs> over. No, that was a really good. <laughs> that thing. So was so professional. Then Tim was like, "Yeah, then Tim." Yeah, <laughs> I, I messed <laughs> that up. What? Well,
2: I'm only from the space porn. No, do you do yeah.
3: other yeah. bands Sell. from Cinnamon Circus? You should introduce those as well. Yeah, so that's very valid
4: for today. Should I start that again? No,
1: just keep going.
4: We are going to keep going. Uh, Please, listener, podcast, dear, dear, lovely podcast listener. We've tried so hard to be more organised this time (laughs) around. Uh, It's really good. Uh, I thought that was a seamless intro, actually.
0: That That was better than it's been for, well, I think it's one of the best ones we've done. It almost made it to the end and then I messed up
4: maybe people could write in and and tell us if that was the best thing Mm -hmm. personally i'm feeling pretty positive we also said we try we try not to talk over each other and immediately (laughs) we all talked over each other (laughs) but i do think it's important that we find out a little bit more about tim so, okay. Tell us a bit about your kind of like your musical history. I think.
2: Uh, so, I currently play with the Spice Pirates of Rockane, um, and uh, little dalliances here and there in, in in other forms, mostly in a folky, acoustic kind of way. Um, I moved to Gundy about eight years ago. So prior to that, um, I played in um, a couple of bands in different parts of the UK, uh, Cinnamon Circus and Brody being the two uh, that I would probably call out mainly. Um, brief kind of flirts with a couple of indie labels and some touring around the UK and stuff which was great fun Ooh. Um, Ooh. very different to what we're doing now um, but no less fun um, okay. but yeah that's that's kind of me I'm uh, keen to sort of play in uh, any guys I, I can and um, yeah, that's. No, can like, I
4: clear up something? So, no. so you came here eight years ago. Were you thrown out of the UK? Yes. Asked
2: to <laughs> Was leave? that because was of the band? band? It was. Or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, now I'm, I'm I'm married to a Guernsey girl. Is the short answer to that. Um, so, so I know. They're
1: stealing our women. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 Apparently,
2: she went over there and got him.
1: Oh, yeah. Was <laughs> it like a sucker
2: over the head? Uh, p- pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I um, I don't remember having much um, say in the like, matter. Right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, eight years as a uh, space pirate. Um, but um, prior to that, I was basically kind of guesting with the guys whenever I was visiting Guernsey. Um, so that, I guess, was, it made the decision to move to Guernsey slightly easier for me because music's a massive part of my life, as you guys can probably uh, associate with. And I think the fact that I already knew those guys, and I was already playing with mm. them uh, in various ways whenever we were visiting, because we used to visit regularly, you know, four or five times a year. Uh, and the guys would always make sure they had a gig lined up so I could get a guest with them. And So, yeah, that, so there was a kind of a seamless uh, move into being a full-time pirate, I guess, when I moved over.
4: Okay, that, that that's really nice, so I think we're going to dig into that a little bit more later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moxie, you also came from over there I in did. the UK mm-hmm. and then I in... I to his oven at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you came from my oven. <laughs> I came oven. from the kitchen. It's nice to have a all naked again. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> It was a house rule. You come in the house, you take your shoes off and your socks and your trousers (laughs) and the snorkeler mask. Elliot, will you please remove the snorkeler mask? (laughs) But Moxie, so you you came from the UK. Can you tell us a bit about that, what you were doing there? When was that and things?
3: Well, I think I started um, drumming probably when I was just leaving school. Uh, I moved to Bournemouth from Wales. Uh, and I met up with some really incredible people who said, "Right, just come down to these club and start drumming." Uh, so I started uh, doing that, and then I went to college and studied theatre, and then realised that drama actually wasn't for me. <laughs> and <laughs> so I headed off to the venues and found people to play with, and then it all started there. And then I decided to try and make it more as a musician. So I met up with. Um, probably it's like a, a music technology type um, company
5: okay.
3: um, and I started working in a studio Ooh. which was yeah pretty incredible. So
4: like a recording studio? Yes
3: wow. so I was a like a graphic designer there and then um, what did I do after that? Yeah I just started gigging
4: so what brought you to Guernsey? How come? Yeah, so, well, it I, is, I met yeah. someone
3: and I came over here. Oh, nice! So yeah, it was the one. It was coming over from England was like a fantastic experience. It's a Bit like
4: Tim, really. You were kind of like pulled here because of our kind mm. of a relationship thing.
3: Yes, yeah.
1: I think there is a, a there really is nice. a. a so all those good-looking Guernsey girls. It's good just, good. just trying to do our um, bit well, for the,
0: the gene pool <laughs> is the. Uh, oh, I is think the there the, is something <laughs> involved. but, Yeah. <laughs> Guernsey needs to mix. <laughs> they try and get <laughs> fresh blood where they can.
4: That's very very true. So I mean, I th- you know all of us I think as musicians, Elliot, Greg, so we've we've all played in UK. Yes. What do you see as the differences between like playing in UK and playing in the Guernsey scene? Is there a difference?
3: There's a huge difference for me. I think when when I started playing with the the bands, I. I didn't really know how I was gonna fit in with the music scene over there because there were so many drummers. Mm. Um, and then I, I started um, just kind of, once I met people, they would just introduce me to other people. Nah. Uh, or here. Over in, in the UK. Oh, there, right. And then because I was working at the studio as, as like a designer, I, people started to come to me and I was like, would you like to be in this covers band, would you like to be in this covers band? Wow. So I did start did start. So you off, did a lot of covers. Um, I did do a lot of covers, unfortunately. <laughs> and most of it was, like, kind of recording with other musicians in the in the training like, recording studio. Um, and then from then on, it's like people wanted to then go off and do individual projects. And that's how I ended up, started to play um, original music. Wow. And that was with a band called Longshore. I to, no one knew about us. <laughs> we <were> just, like, <laughs> uh, we didn't. But I did record with a, a band later on who... Some of which I went to college with, and we ended up meeting up again, called the Invisibles, and that was. Oh, I've seen them. That was had, a <laughs> that had quite a big traction <laughs> for a little while. But yeah, it's it's kind of, it's looking back at everything. It's really hard to piece everything together because yeah. everything happened so randomly and sporadically that it's you can't really look back and try and give a proper path to things. Was that like yeah.
0: then everything colliding? Because you were just going to those open mics. Did was it? Did you actively have to just go out? monday tuesday wednesday to all these different places and and just play it
3: was finding the right people to play with more than anything because you could just there's so many covers bands it's just like i want to find the original people Mm. and when you kind of think back of actually how did i become like a musician most of it it was just trying stuff out and Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think it's
2: it's, um, it's it's important to uh, kind of bear in mind that there's the music scene varies from like county to county or city to city, and uh, it's quite easy to kind of compare. You know, how do you compare Guernsey with with the UK per se? In the sense that um, I, I grew up in Suffolk on on the east coast, and I think that was a little bit more similar to what happens. It's still very different um, to the scene in Guernsey, but it was. More similar to Guernsey than when I moved to Hertfordshire, where I lived for about ten years before I moved to Guernsey, which was completely different. The, the scene there compared to Guernsey, yeah, it's 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 just a, a whole different thing. So you, you're so close to London, in even though you, it was kind of rural North Hertfordshire, you're really easy access to London and you know mm. venues and all the rest of it. And so there really is. I mean, the music scene in Guernsey is it's far far better than the likes of Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire etc because it's because well, everybody, everybody goes into London
4: No differences, but why
2: yeah yeah so i think the the key thing for me i mean you know don't get me wrong, there there are local bands of course but every everybody is everything's all about london because you're kind of you're close to it uh, mm. so so there's this drive to try and book venues in london and try and get a fan base in london and you know that's where the labels are and all that kind of stuff and so your local venues etc kind of suffer from that because everybody's trying to go to london all the time yeah. and you, you just don't get that in Guernsey so Guernsey's got its own little kind of micro scene which is just so thriving in in, in my opinion compared to coming from Hertfordshire where there was you know there, there was only a handful Definitely. of venues and, and do you feel
0: like it's changed because are we often often whether it's booking tours or talking to other bands about going away and things like that and London always comes up and it seems to be that thing of oh you've got to go and do yeah. London and then for me there's sort of a change like you can do London mm-hmm. and if you can get a crowd then you're lucky. But most of the time it is about sort of growing yeah. in your area yeah. first. Yeah, absolutely. Before you can even go to London yeah. because the amount of times you go to London and do a show and play to two people yeah, in London. Yeah, exactly. And, and you'll never get paid in London and yeah. and there's this myth about it. And actually no one has any money to go out in London
2: either. Yeah. <laughs> and they, want, so, they want you to a lot bring of fans. don't really go the yeah. same way. They yes. want you to bring people to see you as well. well we yeah, to, know, we when st- you are booking a London venue, it's like well how many people want to come and see you? You know how many people That's are going it. to turn up and yeah. you know and so a lot of the time I remember we you know, we used to put on coaches sometimes. Yes, we did. Um, just to make sure that our you know the people who who were coming to see us more locally especially when we we're in Suffolk. Uh, you know you're talking on two and a half hours drive
0: so you're putting on coaches for your fans to go to London yeah (laughs)
1: that's crazy
2: because people you know venues that aren't going to book you unless they know people want to come and so if you're you know if you're uh, you know a band in in rural Suffolk who's who's trying to kind of uh, play bigger venues and kind of build something up then you know you haven't you haven't got your name to rely on. you've got to bear in mind this was kind of pre a lot of the kind of stuff side of things that, you know, we didn't have Facebook mm. on our side. We're talking about, you know, the late 90s or mid 90s even. Um, so yeah, the, the, sometimes we would actually put on coaches uh, and oh. just try and sell tickets locally and impressive. try and sell the idea of a night out in London and that kind of stuff. Was so. that
0: as, at the same time as there was sort of pay to play at th- that time or was that still?
2: Um, that's not really something that, that we got into a lot, but yeah, there, there was a pay to play uh, kind of scene at the time, mm-hmm. most, most definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. So you'd have to pay the venue to play the gig. You
0: have mm. to sell a certain yeah. amount of tickets, a few, tickets I think it's kind of dying out it's slightly. Really there are a few rogue promoters out there which are still doing it or kind of try and missell it slightly under the guise of tickets. You've got to sell mm. a certain amount of tickets and, and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's getting the band to pay to be able to use the venue often. Yeah. Uh, making a, well, so, the band making a loss for sure.
4: A kind of, and that's horrible that's so yeah. that's so mm-hmm. cynical so, so, so a thought occurs then um, that must put a lot of pressure on these local bands so when you're playing Moxie you were saying that you would also have to your bands would have to do this whole coach thing and get people up there yeah and yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, even like that's why so many people were in covers bands because it knew you, you, ah. you draw a crowd and the, only, the way that we d- developed in, into being able to do the original stuff was to be able to first of all, learn how to play together, covers is the easiest way into that. But once mm. you get into that good position, it's then, right, let's write our own stuff. And then those people who've seen you before from being in the covers band tend to kind of, oh, what are mm. you doing now?
4: Okay, so here's a question. So we're talking about some of the differences between the UK scene mm-hmm. and the Guernsey scene from a musician's point of view. How does that influence original song songwriting, do you think?
3: Ooh, what, being in a covers band?
4: Well, no, just just so... What's that like for local music? For local bands, does it does that influence songwriting? Are, do you feel more free in some ways to come up with original stuff because there's not the pressure of the mm. pull of getting uh, yes, a coach so, and going up yeah, to London yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff? Do you feel a bit more? Yeah, well, we can just do what we like.
3: I, sorry. I, I, I think so. I mean, I'm not a, a big songwriter myself, but obviously involved with other people writing songs. And for me, I I feel I'm a bit older now than I was before, so I have that, I've done all the cover stuff and I want to go and experiment. Mm. And I think that's kind of nice to be in in that position where I think, in this island, it's like, I'm just going to play anyway and just do what I feel is is right for me.
2: That would make sense, wouldn't Um, it? Yeah, I I think the the Guernsey scene does encourage original material, definitely. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think it gets a great reaction, I think... um, the island like it does that make sense you know the, the mm. hunters like it um, I think also because you know I mentioned how the Guernsey scene is definitely uh, very uh, fruitful let's say um, there's a lot happening which is fantastic to see I think because of that people have that extra kind of spark to do something original I guess you also haven't got there's it, it might sound bad to say, but I guess there's kind of less competition in a sense as well. So when you if you're in um, if you're in a big city in the UK and you're writing original material there's a lot of people that people can go and see that night. <laughs> Do yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so yes. And I guess in Guernsey, we're kind of lucky in that sense that, uh, you know, there might not necessarily be, you know, 25 gigs happening in the city that night. Um, and, and a lot of the time, because we're a small community as well, the musicians involved has a difference. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you get new, new bands coming through and you know that you, you liked their previous band or someone who's written some written mm. really great stuff for another band, then that kind of spreads. Uh, and I think in Guernsey, we, we're lucky in that sense that you it, can get that. It's That's very really specific to Guernsey, isn't it? Isn't it, as yeah. well? It's sort
0: of it's noticeable from the UK or from um, Europe or something going that you can see that it's, people really go out and there's a really strong community that champions uh-huh. original music. I don't know why that is in particular, but could you look at Jersey and places like that, and it's very difficult to get shows if you're an original artist, artist in Jersey, which is just over the water mm. and, yeah. okay, it's slightly bigger and stuff, but it really is championed by the, the covers band thing. Yeah. And I think the covers band's original bands, there's a sort of merger over here, which I don't know if you would think the same, whether it, they're slightly closer together in than in the UK, but it's it's different circuits, I think. you, When you're mm. in a covers band, you've got a whole different circuit to what you're going to do as an original yeah, band. Sure. And they're almost, as being musicians, but the whole different parallel markets and you kind of start around that area and then mode either go to one or the other but yeah. I don't know if you know why that would be in Guernsey in particular or
4: yeah it's interesting isn't it so I mean I mean um just a slight gear change but going on from what you were saying about that that whole power of, of being able to have the freedom to write your own stuff and mm. and go forward so um Uh, For those that don't know, the Space Pirates of Rookane recently did a St. James Presents gig at uh, St. James, funny enough. Um, And by all accounts, it was hugely successful. There was like Mm. uh, over 250 people buying tickets and going in. So full haul. Um, How was that for you two? Because you're obviously both part of that. And what was that like?
3: There was a a very um, intense... Uh, process to get us to St. James only because we wanted to do something completely different for us Um so we we did a lot of, of groundwork for talking about what we wanted to do for the show, how we we're going to do the show, um, what kind of effects we were going to do, so sort of sound effects that we we're going to bring to it, visual effects that we we're going to bring to it, who else we're we going to bring in, so there was a lot of logistics and a lot of mm-hmm. planning. What was um, it that you guys did for anyone that didn't? This is, yeah this is very good. <laughs> um, we took um, a theme which was local folklore and we created a show called uh, Tales from the Edge of the World um, and we basically, well Tim actually uh, wrote the narrative. Uh, if you wanna- uh, yeah,
2: yeah so I think we, we took the opportunity to talk about the uh, in influences and the story behind the songs a bit more than you get the opportunity to a, at an ordinary gig. Um, so I think we're we're probably known for. Um been quite good fun. I think people probably come to our gigs for that um, kind of... Booze up, of, uh, knees up, <laughs> time <laughs> yeah. Good time element and I, th- I think we really wanted to show, um, which we love of course, but we, all- we wanted to do something really different. So I think when, when Lisa Videmore our lead singer, originally spoke to St James, um, I think the conversation was around to do a St James present. you've got to do something a bit different. You can't just mm-hmm. kind of turn and do your usual thing. Um, so we all got our thinking caps on and we kind of decided that there's this kind of other, other side of the space pirates that we really wanted to bring out. Um, and so we took the opportunity to pick all of our most, so we picked all of the songs in our repertoire that have got a uh, either a folk tale or some folklore or some kind of local lore behind them um, and decided that we would basically kind of tell the story around that, so.
4: Is that, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Is that a kind of a tradition within folk music for those people that are not aware of folk music generally? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, I think so, and, and I think, um, I mean, certainly the I, I, I'm, I'm a big folky at heart and so for me, um, it wasn't a massive kind of stretch of uh, the imagination in a sense because uh, you know a lot of the artists that I'll go and see will will talk as much as they play you know in between songs, oh, wow. um, okay. which is great and I, I really enjoy that so you know just set
0: forty five minutes to I can talk for thirty
2: <laughs> um, so yeah so there there's definitely um, there definitely is a kind of a, a folk a um, uh, sort of not excuse the pun, but a kind of a tradition in, in more uh, folky mm-hmm. um, outfits to, to to kind of tell that story behind the song. Um, oh, so again, sorry to interrupt, yeah, yeah. But, I, but I suppose that's kind of where it came from, yeah.
4: uh, um, around the piano even before that, around the fire, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the community telling that's stories, yeah. really yeah. stories yeah. that yeah. guide yeah. the community. Exactly stories of
0: moral uh, tone in some ways
4: guidance and education, yeah. 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 Putting stories to
0: music is just an easier way to kind of remember them to... Yeah, 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 and to to, to spread news and... Telling the story, but
4: then actually putting that into sort of
0: uh, music. So
4: that's great. So you really took that idea and
2: moved forward. Yeah, so we've got, I mean, we've had, you know, so many people since the gig uh, come to us and say, "I, I... I can't tell you how many times I've been to see your band but I, I had no idea half of your songs were about what they're about uh, so yeah, it was really nice to be able to kind of get that across so um, so yeah we spent uh, quite a lot of time on the as Mox said on the, the production side of things um, we had uh, Chris Denton our, our bass player out at the crack of dawn taking field recordings of uh, you know in harbours and things getting sound effects that we were going to use in between the songs and shingle beach uh, effects and that kind of stuff I think he could have just gone to freesounds.com he and, uh, could and
0: download he could uh, but that's just not the way we do things right <laughs> just, that's authentic, isn't it? I say, so, so
2: authentic it had to towns. be a, it had to be a Guernsey wave we couldn't have yeah, uh, you know yeah, <laughs>
0: it was definitely um, we have mentioned this before but for me seeing the St. James Presents events it was definitely um, one of the best that we've had simply because it was all the detail there was something different and that's as Lisa was saying it's mm. got to be something different. The idea it's such a big hall, it's such yeah. a big place, and it's the opportunity to really kind of think of a whole concept, bring something together, do you're not just doing the pub gig where people are there and those are great as well. That's yeah. really, you know, it's really fun to do that. But then you've got this opportunity in another place, and mm. the decor looked mm. incredible. Um, and come up with a new concept. And I think that was really it was more almost like a piece of theatre.
2: Than just
3: that's exactly what yeah we we, we, we had to
2: find a balance with that I think because we we did we discussed that a few times didn't we in terms of because we, we had a, a storyteller in between songs um disc, you know talking about the story behind the song oh,
4: who was that
2: uh, a friend of ours Amanda Brunn, um, who did a, a, an excellent job of um, kind of telling the the stories in, in, in between um, and there was a lot of debate around should the storyteller at one point we were going to have several storytellers and there were all, all these ideas kind of flying around uh, and there was some debate around should should that person be in character you know if so what what is that character um and so there was a lot of debate around you know how far do we go into that kind of theatrical performance side of things um because you know i mean it's the first time we've done something like that so we, we didn't know if we were going to alienate the, the usual space pirates crowd by going too yeah. far down that route but i think that you know the hall itself just lent itself to to that kind of that kind of, i mean in fact the you know just choosing the set list in the way that we did and making sure it was our more our darker more moody kind of storytelling songs lends itself so much more to having a kind of a knees up um mm. you know in in that hall and in fact there, i had a slight panic on the on the day just not long before we went on stage in fact where I, it suddenly dawned on me that We've played St. James a couple of times before in slightly different, um, in different ways, of course, we, when we've been guests of other people's evenings and things like that. Um, and we've had to tailor the set quite a lot to kind of suit the hall. So there are certain songs that just get really muddy and, you know, the, the hall is, is amazing for acoustic music. And, it, you know, there's some, some things you can do that sound phenomenal in there. Um, and we wanted to try and make sure we kind of use that. And I suddenly had this realisation on the day that we were opening with a song with loads of drums in it. Um, that we'd actually dropped from the set the last time we played there because in soundcheck we yeah, were just like yeah. this, it's just not going to come off and I just suddenly thought ah oh, have we uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> have we done the right thing here yeah. Uh, but yeah no it, it, it do. Yeah. I think just the nature of the evening and it being that kind of darker yeah. side of Guernsey history just worked
4: so how was that for you then Moxie being the dramas being the powerhouse yeah. for that band what's it like playing oh, wow. in that space and <laughs> what's it like I
3: um, think I um, um, would say
1: another
3: yeah (laughs) that's why i'm grateful for for graham that's a really really good question because um when i was playing the kit i was very aware of all the stuff that um i tried before um so for me i held like as a player performer because i knew that the acoustics is going to ricochet off everywhere i kind of held back from the kit slightly um, and I was very aware of the positioning of the mic. So I positioned when I placed my sticks. Oh, and it was, wow. it was small things like that, I think, that make such a big difference. As uh, as soon as you, Because I've had the privilege of playing there a few times and I've rehearsed in there, I've had enough kind of experience to be able to know how to actually uh, like hit without yeah. it creating too much of a crescendo everywhere. And also, I'm... Since doing that gig I've I've kind of then formed other ideas of how to protect the sound even more with uh, dampeners like a side cape dampener around the snap so yeah it's, it's certainly um, um, I knows what you're talking about it's now. a <laughs> conversation for drummers because it's vital it's vital for St. James but yeah
4: it's thank you uh, yeah, yeah, nice talking over as well guys <laughs> um, because the, uh, actually the other musicians around uh, the table probably don't understand the complexities of us as drummers exactly. and what, <laughs> what we have to go through we go through
3: so much during a gig yeah. like we have to engineer the kit as we play they
5: just don't
4: get, it, don't get do it they <laughs> they don't understand we have to worry
3: about is putting your foot on a pedal yes it's and that's an it.
0: Like, um uh, room for sound as you say with damping and stuff as well because because you've got the drum kit <laughs> on one side yes and the other and when we play i can see it the other side and there's a small delay yes mm. yeah mm. so everything that yeah. you're playing for me gets not even half a beat it's yeah. just slightly yeah, yeah, yeah. under but it's slightly frustrating is, but it must be the whole the time, time you? so you constantly feel like you're out of time i don't yeah. know if you felt that as well yeah but yeah for
2: sure something that needs look at to my,
3: be um, my kick pedal skin to actually see where the beat is, yeah. so you can see that <laughs> right. pushing
2: in. When you walk around the hall, you can you can hear the sound changing. Yeah, like if, yeah when there's yeah. a band on, if you you can go and stand to the the back on the left and just walk to the middle, and it all of a sudden you're getting more of one instrument than you were, and it's incredible. It's the just, best just, place just is just behind the bar. <laughs> yeah. That's why. I mean, Always the
5: best, but it's just the bar,
0: enjoying the bars as much
4: as possible. But I did want to ask. Sorry, <coughs> I did want to ask. Um, so you guys, in some ways, you've got a bit of a bird's eye view mm-hmm. of the space pirates of Rakam because you, you, like we said earlier, you came from outside. So what's that been like seeing the? The, the core band kind of develop and grow and shrink and grow, and what's that been like? For,
3: uh, for, for me, uh, there was, because um, they've had other drummers previously, I think two, one was, was um, Chris Denton and, and a, another drummer, and then I came in, because I was filling in for the other drummer and eventually it came to pass, that um, I, I came in as, as more full-time. I've kind of... I think being the drummer it affects sometimes how the band sound because you either add more flair or you hold back or you push things. So I try and kind of be present but very much aware of the core of how it started and then eventually we've kind of developed on and created more songs. So from my position I hope I haven't kind of taking it to a place where people haven't wanted it to because I've started to hit them harder or I've started to <laughs> kind of bring some more symbol work in and things. So from my point of view, I think I've, I've brought a lot more uh, sounds of the yeah. kit. And then eventually, I think being more percussive, maybe after that growth, we have a look at how we can be more percussive rather than fully kit-led. Yeah. So again, the yeah. evolution of it comes from the experience where it's been and where it could possibly go. That makes yeah, it make does.
4: Sense. It it sounds like you'll be you, you started being cautious yes. and fitting in with the core, what it was, yes. but then allowing yourself to grow with it and mm. and, and hoping that other people jump on board yeah.
2: with, with that expansion of growth. How's it for you, too? Um, I, yeah, I think just to sort of echo what Mox was saying, I think Mox has definitely brought something else to the band in her style, and I think that's that's always going to be the. Case when you bring in a very very competent drummer of any kind, they're always going to put their stamp on things. But I think the really great thing about the way um, Mox has fitted in with the band is that um, I think you you kind of take on the, the essence of the song and the style, et cetera, and, and stop and think about what it is that this, each song needs. Uh, and we have this discussion all the time, especially mm-hmm. with the songs that, that I've written, that quite often I'll have something in mind, but I'm writing yeah, drum-wise about kind of how I want that to, to feel I'll, I'll talk to Mox about it and she'll suggest other things or she'll show me an example of something. Um, and quite often if we've got an, a new song uh, occasionally, me and Moxball will kind of work on the drums first, even so that because so we don't get the the, the guys yeah. kind of sitting around rolling so their eyes about the, us and from the drums up. Yeah, like yeah. Because no, for me, it's it's just really, really important that the drums are driving it in in the right way. And I think uh, and and I, I think I quite often tell you not to. Not to be shy about it as well. That, yeah, okay, I think because I think constantly. that's when someone joins an acoustic or a folky kind of band, there's attack. a worry about not mm. not kind of rocking all over it. Just and well, I think that's exactly. Don't I I never yeah. wanted to
3: get to that place. Yeah. So yeah. So quite
2: quite often, I think if anything, I, I'm I'm often telling you to um, uh, go kind of louder and harder. Quite often, it's it's. Um, because it's what we, because we're not a folk band anyway. You know, there's 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 rock and pop and stuff in there, and it's certainly not. Um, you know, we're not a, a trad band by, by any means, yeah. and it ne- it needs that drive behind it most definitely. Yeah. But
3: that's the difference between I think, if, if I may say, the pirates now and the pirates before. It's that we're very aware of what the drums are going to be doing. Instead of going boom tap boom tap boom tap, now it's like how can we bring this crescendo in? Mm. How can we drop it down? Where the where are the dynamics? We're telling a story with folk with. Well, yeah. Partially folk music. And how can the drums emphasise that? Whereas as in other types of bands like this, I've just come in at the end and gone, OK, let's do this drum beat here. So the development of the band for me feels like all of the instruments are kind of taken into consideration when songwriting mm. and it's just it's a, a the output, I think, is just more richer for it. Um, and even just the songs that we've written before, how, how can we improve them? How can we involve them? And I think that's the biggest thing of where the Pirates have been, is that when people, new people come in, it's, it's another perspective, another idea, another creative vision of the mm. songs, uh, with, but still retaining that, that song soul. If that, makes sense. Yeah. that
4: sounds really inclusive, doesn't it? I mean, that's what a great, uh, what a great philosophy for a band to remain a core, cool, but also be confident receptive enough to bring in new influences Mm. and songwriting and and, and so Tim, you've, you've written quite a few songs for the uh, band. I, I've you, written more who, recently, but And, and yeah. who are the other songwriters in, in the um, band, so, and what, What's your process
2: like? So Mark Guppy, um, one of our lead singers and, and guitarists, writes a lot of our material, and uh, Jess Nash, um, who's now a kind of a part-time fiddle player uh, with us. But a lot of the stuff that we played at St. James was um, Jess's material, because she's got a kind of a darky focus side That's to what great, she writes. Great
5: guitar.
2: Definitely. Um, so yeah, so I think it probably varies uh, on the process probably varies a little bit. Uh, there's definitely a lot of crossover in the sense that it doesn't—it doesn't become a space pirate song until we're all in the bunker and everyone's put their stamp on it. Yeah. Um, so my my process might be different to Guppies, but ultimately, you know, it's 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 not until it's got Mox's drums and Chris's bass that it starts to feel like the pirates. So well, yeah, whatever that no. kind of bones of a song is, or however that came, wherever that came from, um, I think if you change any one member of the band, you'd you'd get a different outcome. Ultimately, I mean, you know, a lot of the time. We'll go to. I I I tend to have a, a kind of a vision in my head, and and I guess I've I've considered the other guys in the band, so I, I can kind of imagine what Chris is likely to do in his style, and that's the way I come from. I think with Guppy, it's slightly different in the sense that he'll he'll bring the beginnings of a song to a bunker, to the bunker, and we'll basically just consider. um he's he's really just open to what anybody thinks we should do with it basically you know so you know sometimes we'll get to um you know there might be someone will suggest how maybe it needs a bridge here or a middle eight there or you know guppy what did you have in mind for the chorus and sometimes he's like what do you think yeah what should should we do there and and we're literally just kind of shaping it as we go um so yeah there's definitely a really inclusive kind of side to it and i think i think that's Definitely, in answer to your original question, Graham, I, th- I think that's how, where we've got to over the last kind of 10, 11 years. You know, it certainly wasn't the process in the first instance. Um, and I think you know, just the fact that we've been doing it for 11 years is because you know, we're, we're able to have that approach and let it shape and grow and and down different That's what keeps routes. the band going for a long Absolutely. time, is being yeah. able to...
1: I think you have to develop a system when you're writing songs and doing stuff together, being creative together. You have to work out where we're working with each other. Absolutely produces something at the end of it there's got to be some rules
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean we, with our band there's, there's three of us and so we we just have a voting system and like it, it's always going to end up you know we, we try everything once and then you vote one of two ways and there's three of us so it's, so it was gonna be like so duet. Uh, <laughs> <you know. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that with though, because yeah. you guys
4: have been together for a long time, and there's a really nice triad of kind of you've got you've you've got obviously your 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 bass, uh, you've got you've got the guitar, you've got the drums. It's, it's, it's a very, really nice.
1: It's
4: a solid. Yeah, it's, all, yeah, it's, so it's so a solid Kind of, it. it's a good unit. How do you write songs then? Well, What's so weird? like we
1: we. Do a lot of jamming, but we also you know bring little riffs and stuff together, and then we kind of mesh them together, and uh, it, it it sometimes comes with you know Abel might come in with a guitar riff, or I might come in with a bass thing, or my brother might go oh I just I've got this thing that I want to show you guys, or um, and then we'll give it a go, and if we like it we go oh yeah, we will kind of have the little voting system, so we'll, we'll try it out. If we don't like it, we go man we'll try something else, and then we might just record like a jam session that we've we've done, and then we'll go in and. Take like snippets of it and go. Oh, that was a really good riff there, and that was a really good bit there, and, and piece them together. So the songs take a long time to write because actually they're quite long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are and <laughs> three songs per <parable>. album, yeah. <laughs> but they are all about atmosphere
4: and mm. and have it, you to have a long song with atmosphere. You've got to have a central core idea yeah. and a similarity of approach. Really, haven't you? You've but I got, think
1: we all have very similar in music, which yeah, which helps. Yeah. Uh, but we'll. Everyone's got slightly different kind of takes on it as well. You know, was listens to a lot more sort of punky stuff. My brother listens to a lot more jazzy stuff. I like a lot more psychedelic stuff. So it's kind of all of that kind of blends in together. It's uh,
0: cool. So how, how long have the Space Pirates been together then? Because they've been going on
2: a, a while. Yes, yeah, so, uh, so, it was yeah, 2008, cool. so 11, 11 years. 11 years. And how have you found sharing
1: a bunker with us? Uh, Sundays, were, um,
2: good lord. Yeah, when you were just saying how long your your songs are, how long it takes, I was just going to say sometimes we'll we'll play through three or four songs, yeah. and in between them we can we were like, are they are they playing the same song?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, we've talked about this a few times with um, with some of you, but it's difficult in Guernsey to a certain extent if you're in a band for so many years to feel like you've kind of done it all already and and it's over and what keeps that band together how do you how do you keep it going on an island where if you're not going away to the uk and doing other things or or touring or trying to do something different or re-recording how do you keep that band together when you feel like it's all gone is it replacing new members and, and getting fresh ideas or is it just just playing less or playing more or i think
3: one of the big reasons just from my perspective why the pirates have been going for so long is because we've had really fantastic festivals over here and it's driven us to to want to perform really well and write new songs for it like the sark folk festival it's just that having those types of um uh, times of the year where we can actually focus in and go right what we're going to do different this year how are we going to how are we going to tell a different story? Yeah. guernsey has got some incredible opportunities for bands like the Pirates, um, even like like, Brandon, like We've got Chaos Festival. We've got like the Vale Earth Festival. Without those festivals, I think bands would struggle mm. to be, yeah. be there. And now we've got open mic nights that you're putting on. It's making people go, right, what can I do for this? Even I'm tr- writing more stuff on the acoustic guitar because I think that's my mission is to come and play an open mic night. If mm. that wasn't there, I'd just be in my bedroom doing stuff and I think that kind of stuff just drives us so much To and then you go and see another band and go I'm really jealous look what they've done that's yeah. amazing yeah. Yeah. and it's like well I, I want to be a part of that mm. and I think without our culture here bands like the Pirates I don't think would have mm. lasted the time
2: I think specifically for the Pirates. I think there's definitely an element of the fact that we just really like each other's company a lot. There's, you know, there's, yeah, there's no sure. two ways around it. It's like it's like like a family or like yeah. being in a it gang. Like a um, I mean, we were just out for lunch with pretty much the whole band and all of their families and kids. And, yeah. And so there's definitely an element of there's a sen- kind of a it sounds really cheesy, but I guess there's kind of a sense of belonging in a, in in a way. You can see it in the pirates at Sark Folk Festival. Mm-hmm. With right. Everyone. Yeah. 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 Together. Yeah.
0: And everyone's—you can see that there's a, a real family. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I, so I think we're, we're quite lucky in that sense, in that everybody's because you know, I mean, everybody's been in in bands where you know some of the you know the personalities clash and that kind of stuff. I think we're really lucky in the sense that we, we don't have to fight with that, no. um, and I think we know each other well enough almost to to be able to not. Bicker, but we can kind of tell each other if you think something's a shit idea. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? In the same way yeah, that you absolutely. could with your brother or something. You know what I mean? It's like, 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 to do
5: this
3: again. <laughs> I remember my favourite quote from Jess when I joined the pirates is, "I don't think they have symbols in folk music." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like crashing in every two minutes. You can just see her face wincing but yeah i think <laughs> what, sort of quietly
2: unscrewing the symbols <laughs> yeah. and putting them behind her back
3: <laughs> so we don't do
2: that <laughs> so i want to talk
4: and i want to go back and turning back time <laughs> let's go back in time wobble wobble wobbles
5: <laughs> back to the
4: nelcons because we we talked about um before we started recording uh, we talked about kind of where the space pirates came from and uh, you dropped the the name the Nelcons. Yeah. So, and some listeners to Go Into Gigs podcast might not know mm-hmm. who the Nelcons are, but they were quite vibrant, I think, at the time. Can, yep. you, can someone tell us about that? So
2: Sorry. we're the, we're the members of the band who weren't in the Nelcons. So yeah. I hope like, I do the guys justice I've seen here. Them but
3: play twice. Or yeah. The drums, maybe. Yeah.
2: So, so we both. Who was in the Nelcons? So the Nelcons was uh, Lisa Videmore, uh, Mark Chris Guppy, Chris Denton, and Chris's brother Jeffrey on drums. Um, and basically Jess played uh, uh, played on one of the tracks on the on one on the album Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that that was kind of the bridge into the space pirates period I think um, so basically the so the Nelcons were a um, fantastically loud rock band um, and I think you know there was there was uh, there was definitely a real kind of rock and roll drive uh, behind the Nelcons for sure very different to the to the Pirates and when you say, sorry <coughs> uh, when you say rock and roll because that's our broad spot. are we talking yep. 50s rock and roll
4: so rockabilly rock and roll are we talking like more 70s rock and roll what kind of rock and roll
2: are you about? yeah I'm not the right person Can to I answer this question yeah wrong, yeah pub, yeah. pub, pub rock <laughs> pub
3: rock Rock. Is that all right to say pub rock without being offensive? Is that an okay yeah, term? I don't right?
2: know the band, but I can is. imagine there's
0: lots of like I, I always thought Lisa was like quite very Pixies and uh, Actually, yeah there was yeah did have a little
3: bit of grungy, yeah. Style like a grungy yeah 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 style. yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah. Can, you can I, see it come through the Pirates yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sorry it just sounds like an opportunity for anyone listening. If they want to w- write in to go to the podcast <laughs> yeah. who know the Nelcons, uh, how would you describe them? Oh, what's the, what's the address again? Uh, I don't
0: know. Are you a bit on earlier today? I to think that. we're all a little no. bit
3: we're um, weary.
1: If you're, if you're listening to this, you've obviously somehow figured out how to listen to it, and you know where the website is, so just go there and <laughs> write something. <laughs> yes. that was
5: yes. very amazing right. so nice you can so go to the Guns Gigs
0: website and write it yeah, yeah. or I'm you can email ready, us ready or ready if you can see us alone tonight. you can just give us a note <laughs> yes. and then we'll
2: put it in the next one Put the other
1: spot, other
0: <laughs> so whatever what the Nelcon yeah, uh, uh, sounded one. like
2: three of them are in the Pirates so I knew um Lisa through uh, some, some mutual friends and basically she she had been to see me in the UK playing a, a pub in St Albans with my brother um, and uh, a couple of weeks later I was visiting Guernsey and the Nelcons had been asked to do an unplugged gig at the Imperial, for, uh, I believe it was somebody's birthday um, and the guys were kind of nervous that they not enough of their rock set would would transfer unplugged so they didn't know if, you know how much material was going to kind of work so Lisa basically said to me if I lend you a guitar will you kind of share the bill with us and do you know what I saw you doing in St. Albans a few weeks ago um, and so Jess came along as well because she was going to play on the Nelcons track she'd recorded on the album which had a slightly more kind of country feel to it uh, me and Jess got chatting and so basically Jess just kind of joined me and the two of us just kind of jammed around with a lot of uh, folky quite kind of trad stuff that I'd been doing on my own and with my brother in the UK
4: sorry stuff that you'd written or some stuff that I'd
2: written and some stuff where I'd um, like traditional stuff my own arrangements of of traditional stuff Okay. Um, so I used to um, go to Cecil Sharp house for like kind of local material and to kind of borrow lyrics and that kind of stuff from from you know very old folk songs and that kind of thing and so that's what Lisa had seen me doing in in the UK previously so basically I kind of split the bill with the guys at the Imperial uh, and then Jess and I just ended up kind of guesting with them and just joining in on the stuff that we knew and they did some and covers and and that kind of thing which is really great fun and that's I think uh, I'm right in saying that's where the peculiar name came from because it was supposed to be for one night only um, so you can imagine the amount of thought that kind of went into what should we call ourselves <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, and then the got gu- the the guys at the Imperial just really really enjoyed it and asked asked the, uh, the guys to to play again and they almost became a kind of a house band at one point sort of playing there really regularly and so whenever I came over to visit Guernsey they'd make sure that they had a date lined up um, where I could go along and play with them um, and after a while I kind of said to them I think a mandolin would sound really great in this kind of barroom Americana kind of feel that they were starting to, starting to get together so I brought mandolin with me at one point um, and yeah I guess that's where it kind of um, that. I guess that was my kind of route into the Pirates was that um, I just happened to be in Guernsey the night that they did their first gig <laughs> so
4: was there So was there, it sounds like there was like a defining time when Nelcons changed into the Space Pirates of Rockane was that a, we're going to finish with the Nelcons we're going to start with the Space Pirates how did that I, I think
2: so I think so yeah I mean the guys would, would, would answer this better, better than us but I, I think yeah, you know, there was a decision, kind of shortly after that, that that was kind of more the direction they wanted to be going in. Um, I, I I couldn't tell you exactly what the drive behind that was. Um, certainly, um, you know, Jess sounded really great guesting with those guys. You know, yeah, adding the fiddle really one. kind of gave it an extra an extra element. Um, and so I, th- I guess there was just kind of an excitement around a new sound, a new new direction, um, which was great for uh, me and Jess in particular, because we you know we had a much more kind of folky uh, background. And so we were able to kind of bring that side of it uh, kind of out in in the guys. And I think even now you can kind of hear all those different influences in in the pirates. You can kind of hear that you know, you've got Chris, who's a, you know massive Clash fan, and you've got me and Jess, who've got a much more folky background. And you've got Guppy and Lisa with a kind of a rock a rock thing, and you can kind of feel that almost kind of there's almost a tension yeah. in there. <laughs> it's not quite rock, <laughs> it's not quite folk, yeah. but but it very everything kind of just. I love gels. that, and I'm
4: you're very much aware that that folk bands have got rocky. I, uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that i think fairport convention yeah. are a really good example of yeah. that um but it i think it really happens the other way round, and this sounds like this has happened yeah 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. i'm yeah, sure. going for a real pub rock or mm-hmm. whatever it was writers listening <laughs> writers um but going more broad and more folky yeah yeah that's cool. So, just uh, we need to switch tracks slightly.
3: Can, can I uh, ask you a question before we move on? Oh, yeah. How sure. was it for you playing with the Pirates at St. Uh, James? Yes,
4: of course. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You shouldn't yeah. skip past this. Uh, how, how was it for me? It was yeah. uh, It was hugely enjoyable. So, uh, you were very kind to invite me to play some percussion. Yes. The great thing about per- playing a percussion for a, 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 a we very. Were triangle. I saw a lot of tambourine. There was some
3: tambourine actions. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, it, was it was beautiful.
4: It was great because uh, sometimes the less you have, the more you can kind of do mm. with it. So I had two instruments. Is that your excuse? I had, <laughs> I had the full range. I had the low tom-tom tuned down low. So it felt sometimes a bit like a timpani, mm-hmm. and I had a tambourine, which was your tim uh, tambourine, Tim. It was. And, but I like to call it a tambourine. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um,
2: yeah.
4: <laughs> and, and and that was
3: it. And so it's my cymbals occasionally. You
2: and your cymbals, yeah, uns- yeah. Unsolicited use of moxy so cymbals. Yeah. Yeah. That sometimes
3: I was like, Kiki or yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. And it was basically I was Just using felt felt lined beaters for the night mm-hmm. playing playing floor tom tambourine and your cymbals yeah. I'd, I'd lean over and and I had some really clear direction from you Moxie as to, as to how you imagined how the percussions might add to the song and I could absolutely understand that you articulated that really clearly and I'd played with the band before you'd asked mm-hmm. me to play drum kit before <laughs> so I kind of had a sense of what the song sounded like um, but the great thing about playing um, percussion as opposed to kitties, you get to all do the little crispy nibbly bits yeah. Around, yeah. around the outside, and it so makes a difference. You get, to, you get to play with the vocalists a lot more. You get mm-hmm. to play with the guitars and the dynamics a lot. This more. is
3: why I asked you because that's this is where your your what? thoughts are, and yeah. and, 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 yeah. and I, I, totally I love see all that, that
4: dynamic stuff. So, just emphasize. you ever, what do you bits. do
0: to stop doing too much though? Because there's moments where people you feel listen. like they're just bored and they end up. Putting so much on that it's not nice. Is it just listening? Every, is it dancing? Every musician has got to
4: park their ego. Yeah, mm. because it's not about them. It's about the band. It's right? about, it's the, about the band. It's, it's about the, about the, the whole sound and it's about the audience and yeah. about and about what communicates. So you listen to what you think is going to communicate, and that that's yeah. the most important thing. So it was loads of fun. Thank you for asking. There
3: was so much more wanted to do. Um, have, because we were very limited with time before yeah um, we had one day. rehearsal but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> which was but it the sound, sound check like it, was rehearsal, rehearsal. It, sure. it was it the was sound check but it's opened yeah. up kind of a lot more of what we could possibly do and extend- this is the whole point of like the evolution of a band and the collaboration mm. and the extended yeah. family
4: the only trouble is I'm very expensive anyway <laughs> <laughs> you should see how much they pay me <laughs> moving on um, May de Vale I'm going to just throw that in there Greg oh yeah Moxie yeah. Um, Elliot, Tim, me we've just got to just sit out on this one really, <laughs> um, so you guys as part of the Rex, you recently went to the very famous Made of our recording studios owned, paid for by the public through the BBC yeah. and uh, you, BBC. I think, how many studios six, six studios? They've got six studios in there, uh, studios, do you know what Made of the available? home of the Radiophonics workshop yep. as well which is like, that's where they did the Doctor Who theme, everybody uh, which is amazing, and the
0: BBC. <laughs> we did get to meet Doctor Who. He popped in briefly. Oh, cool. Well, she bit popped in briefly. But the but the uh, BBC
4: Radiophonic, um, the BBC Orchestra as well. They yeah. kind of uh, recorded in massive studios. What was that like for the Rex? For you guys?
0: Um, it was amazing. I think that. My, I, I was speaking to my brother a couple of days later and I feel like, because it's such a mission getting over to the UK and it's, it, everything goes really fast and it's also a bit of a break sometimes as well from life and everything that's happening and it's always nice to get on the road, it's always exciting. But it all goes really fast and I was speaking to him two days later and I was just talking about oh, what we've got to do next as a band and everything and he just reminded me that you can actually just stop for two minutes and just yeah. appreciate and enjoy that you've achieved another thing it's one of those bucket list things as a musician it's like you don't know if you're ever going to be able to play there again um but you can say that you've done it once and it's done but at the time everything's so fast you're in you're in the studio i mean there's all the nice bits about being in a studio and great sound engineers and everything but it just goes really fast And you come back and so i only really appreciated it like a couple of days later when i sat down and i yeah, my brother sort of said, You you can actually just enjoy it now and just think about and just take a break from thinking about what's next. And you go, Oh yeah, that was that was really cool and it was a nice space to be in and, and everything. So I didn't I don't know whether I didn't know how I felt when we were actually there really.
4: That's really That's interesting. You, you sound like it was you were disassociating in some ways that you kind of were there but you weren't there. Yeah, pretty much. It
0: just felt like this is the next thing we've got to cross off the list before we head on to the next thing and and sometimes, as much as you enjoy it in the moment, you don't really appreciate it so much, I think, yeah. until you actually take that step back and it just feels like, yes, yes, it's cool. Okay, it's made available. It's great, but... Um, Sense of pressure? A little bit. I okay. think the pressure more comes from this time of year when everyone's starting to get ill and you start <laughs> getting cold and you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to get a cold until friday before we have to record <laughs> and it's just bound to be our luck and and so there's pressure like that and there's pressure because there's time limit it's not like being in the studio where you've got the amount of time you've booked out really it's it's limited time you've got to make sure you practice, and you want to try and do your best and you want to show that you can do your best in there as well because there's a lot of people and there's a lot of people listening and, and um, so there's a bit of pressure there but um how long did you have
3: we had three. We we basically had an hour to set up, two hours to record, and then it was about an hour to mix. Um, that that kind of wow, kind of. Um, I mean,
4: for any of the, the musicians out there listening, would know that. Uh, tight schedule for well, people that maybe are not used to studio work or might think four hours is loads of time it's nothing. to do how many tracks? We two, did, three. We
3: managed to do three tracks originally yeah. the, the idea was two tracks if you're lucky you, you can get third obviously every band wants to come out with the most of what they can do but it's got to be about quality more than quantity And he did say to us, this is one of the hardest things that you're going to be, that you're going to do as a musician is because not only are you in somewhere that is, is a very important place for musicians has a massive history, you're being brought in, put on the spot, Uh, you have to perform, you have to make sure everything is sounding good that for a drummer, you know, the pressures of everything sounding good or your tom sounding good, no rattling, nothing, you don't want to like walk in there and your snares kind of half broken or or some of your like, bits have of, of, of just come, or the nuts have come off, or whatever. So it was like, I spent, while I was setting up, I had to kind of engineer everything, making sure that everything was tight, nothing, there's no rattle. Because I don't want him coming out, the engineers coming out going, oh, your kits is just not sounding good enough. Because he said, he literally said to me, the pressure is on you. I could drop other people in, uh, if someone's like, done, done a bum note. but. If if you if you're off, then the whole the whole track's kind of so broken. no pressure. So yeah. for me, I had so to take saying, myself out and he just. He said,
4: if any of the other musicians in the Rex, yeah. if they muck up their part yeah. in some ways, that's not a problem because we can re-record them. But for you <laughs> as a drummer, you have to do it,
0: and that, that was start respectful. to finish. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that was
3: literally his pep talk to me, yeah. But he he did tell me (laughs) after I
0: recorded. (laughs) There's also, we managed to record all of that in Soap Up because we were recording live. So we weren't doing multi-tracks. There was a couple of things that were layered afterwards, but the guys knew the studio, I mean they're in there every day, they're not off by heart. So the yeah. the amps were placed a certain way in the, the room, kit, the drum was kit was at a certain angle, everything. So as soon as you're in, it's not just setting up. If, you, if you've done live recording before in different places or home recording, you know the difficulties of trying to find the right place for the mic in the room. And you spend a lot of time on that as well. Whereas there, it was like, you're here, yeah. you're here, you're here. Pretty much set up as soon as you're ready, we can go. So there was a lot of time mm-hmm. saved in that regard. Um, and then it's live, so you're not multi-tracking everything, no. you've got to play, and that's kind of difficult as well, you know, it's it it's is. it's a different, you've got to make sure, you can't go back with your vocal parts, mm-hmm. and also you've got to sound full, I really love live recording, it's a mm-hmm. debate we have with a lot of people, whether you prefer it or multi-track and everything, and it's that idea that you can't just keep adding and adding and adding and adding stuff, you've got to sound Five people doing five parts mm. sound really strong, mm. and I think that's And connected, specific- and connected.
1: Yeah, exactly. but that's what I love about live recordings is you do sound connected. There is that connection, and you, there isn't like you know. Sometimes when you go into a studio with a with a band, you end up coming out with something that sounds quite sterile because you, mm. you over formulate everything and everything's perfected and it's like you know Photoshopping an image yeah so there's no skin left on that normal face. You know, so the same the same as with the,
4: that's a music, you know. really good point. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it comes down to the minutiae of subtlety in communication, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. A bit like a, like our conversation around the table. We will adjust our tone and our uh, just the way that we talk in response to the other people around, mm-hmm. and you make these. Tiny little adjustments mm. to in the musical contents to what you're playing, depending yeah. on what you're hearing. Yeah. If you're hearing your colleague say on drums or on mandolin or guitar or bass or bandmate, or, um, Greg's our colleague because he's a manager
3: 20s. almost <laughs>
4: imperceptible <laughs> adjustments and changes in your playing in the way mm. you hit the string, hit the skin, whatever it is. Because you're tuning into to something mm. else. So that sensitivity of uh, communication, you get that live. You don't get
0: that if you're in a booth mm. and you're just recording your yeah, parts yeah. to yes. a click track. It's and it's cold. really important to record live, I think, in general, just so you can listen back to those tracks. Because that's when you notice the things that you're doing, mm. which you shouldn't be doing. There's yeah. <laughs> 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 one so bit on a track and I, I'm, it's going between two chords. And it seems really simple, but there's a there's a sort of slide that I keep. And it used to be that that slide was there maybe twice in the song. Mm. And it was nice. It was an effect. And all of a sudden, I think without realizing, because you practice and you're playing the yeah, same yeah, songs yeah. and you're going, you're doing different venues. And you don't sort of go back and read, have a look at that whole song and take it apart and go, what am I doing right? So recording it live, you can actually do that and listen. And you go, why am I playing this side? Like every single time, <laughs> this sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what people, that's what the public are hearing. Mm. And it's not, because you're just lost in the way and you're doing everything live. So it's a great way to go back and then consciously kind of yeah. take those bits, those bad habits out and then and go back to what the, it really, really should be. When you're making that song, you specifically played it that way because that's the way it sounds good. Mm. And then you can often just get a little bit slack and... Um, a- well, I, yeah, I
2: think I think there's there's a for me there's a bit of a happy medium in the sense that I I, I love recording live and I think the music I listen to and, and play lends itself to that because I think it's the it's the relationship with the other musicians that comes across exactly as you were just saying, um, but. We, when we recorded the first Pirates album, we had kind of a hard and fast rule where we had no embellishments. We had a, you know, if we, if we can't reproduce this on a stage between the six of us, then it shouldn't be on the record because it's mm. not authentic. You know, that's not us. Um, and I think with the second recording we did, although we still, the core of it was still recorded live... Uh, we we went back and we had little touches like yeah we just popped some tambourine on some choruses to bring it out a little bit more and um, there's like some little bits of banjo that I've done at the same time as I'm somehow playing a mandolin and it, it it doesn't kind of it doesn't overproduce it in a sense but it just makes it a slightly better experience for the listener I, I mean, think
1: you have got that live core to it which yes yeah. which is I think is key if, if you just completely sterile put it to a click track where yep. everyone's being very robotic. I mean, mm. that's when it starts to lose. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then there's certain songs as well.
0: I mean, it's I don't wanna get we shouldn't get too bogged genre. down in the nerdiness, yeah, yeah. but there's certain songs in particular which done to a a, a click and on mm. multi track, they just that's the way they yeah. they yeah. sound yeah, yeah, really yeah. strong and powerful yeah. like that and I think, yeah, it's each song, and, and I think you need to do everything. You just need to play it. Every I, I really way love
3: hearing words. the mistakes that people make in recordings, mm-hmm. or if somebody has kind of come in with, with a certain feel on something. I, I just love the organicness of live mm-hmm. recording because it's like R- Richie and a few of us were talking the other day about how you sometimes in a song you wait for a certain bit in the chorus, and when you yeah. hear it, it's just like, oh, I just. That bit's just a magical moment. That little solo. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of stuff, that for me, it gives like a heart to a song, a heart to a recording, and that you long for Mm. that little moment.
2: We've uh, paired off before in the Pirates in recording to try and get that kind of happy medium in the sense that, yeah, if you're recording in in an underground bunker, sometimes space isn't your friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of of issues with bleed on different people's mics and stuff like that. So we, we, we kind of sat down and figured out. Who each one of us kind of bounces off the most, like on stage, and kind of decided who should be playing together at the same time. Um, so I remember doing a lot of um, sessions with uh, Jess, where me and Jess would be the, just the fiddle and the mandolin playing together, um, because on stage we would kind of riff off each other a, a lot more. Um, and you know, the two guys on guitar would kind of play together. And so we, we tried to kind of section things off a little bit more, so you still had that kind of bounce off one another. Um, but That's a really know, nice way of doing it yeah. at the same time, which is great. And In fact, I think it. <laughs> it must have worked pretty well in the sense that when when Chris Denton our bass player was uh was uh mixing down afterwards he liked the mandolin and the fiddle together so much on one of the particular tracks that he isolated them and put it on the end of the album as a kind of a secret track because he said we we need to drop everything out the way you guys are kind of playing together and you know that and, and without any anything else just with I mean, Jess kind of being in that moment, I guess, in the, in the bunker playing off each other, um, and he was—he he, just—I remember him showing me he Ooh, just like t- t- took on, so uh, he took everything off. It's on the first album. Oh. I'm going to get the name wrong. Rack and roll, yeah. ruin? Oh, rack rack and ruin. ruin, rack and oh, ruin, rack and ruin. ruin. Um, so yeah, there is an extra track on the uh, on the end, which is actually pretty May with everything else dropped out of it.
4: Nice. That's clever. I mean, um, I, 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 I want to go back a little bit to Made of Air and and. I don't know if you guys can say about what the tracks were that you recorded, if you're going to release them.
3: Yeah. Well, the tracks are going to be able to be heard on December the 7th. Yep. uh, And the tracks recorded was Milk's Gone Bad, um, Revelator, and Trainwreck.
0: Trainwreck, because we haven't released or played that. No. I don't think
3: anyone's (laughs) heard that song. No.
4: (laughs) And am I right in thinking you've just released a new single?
0: We have, yeah. We just released Porcupine, which was the hidden track on the, on the album. On the album. I was going to say seamless. first album, that's yeah. so um, people that know it's the of that war. it feels Ooh. like first album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So that's just that got released just for digital download because you could only listen to it if you had the album.
4: Um, many people have heard that song. I mean, it's one of the favourite songs. Uh, But am I right, Moxie, in thinking that some of the the audience uh, sing back on on that song? Yeah, I only found
3: this out the other day. I mean, I've I've obviously, being a drummer, I don't really get to see what people are doing up in front because I'm so busy at the back. Um, That apparently during um, our live sessions and live gigs over in Sark that Sarkies tend to shout back uh, when we say, you're no friend of mine, uh, F you. Can I swear? Yeah. You can <laughs> swear. <yeah. laughs> fuck you. And it's like, so in the comment section, people have started saying when we said, "Oh, we've launched this album," people, uh, this song, people have been putting "fuck you," "fuck you." <laughs> so just to clarify, it's not people saying "fuck you" for releasing a single. <laughs> <laughs> they, it's actually it's what the Sarkis kind of shout back at what, us when what we play it. It's just uh, it's, it's just. I think it's an in joke on an the in joke
0: <laughs> on another in yeah. joke.
3: So there's but, both side people, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, and but I think it should be. Thing that every time anyone launches anything, we just be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> that,
2: that, I kind of assumed it was a play on the whole "you're no friend of mine" it is, being the context yeah, of the song, and that's yeah, pretty okay. much. It's, yeah, it's, I, I, it's tenuous, but yeah. It
3: is. But it's just a. It's just something that it's I only sad. found out the other day. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was all released um, recently. That
3: was on Friday, that first on of November. Friday. It's available on um, Spotify.
0: So yeah 7th of December it's out all the made of air stuff as well. Yeah. Is that will that be oh, on Spotify? Gonna be, that's well, going to be on BBC. Yeah, gonna be Introducing. I think. So there was a few other bands that was quite interesting seeing all the It's nice when you're on the BBC Introducing theme because you do get to meet other bands from different areas as well mm-hmm. quite quickly and quite easily.
3: We get to hear about how they manage to do their stuff and oh, yeah. how what, what kind of sounds they're doing. It's amazing to see what equipment people are using as well. Oh, yeah. And without sounding too nerdy. <laughs> um but a lot of people these days are merging acoustic with with electronica yeah yeah, yeah. and seen how they're set up so you've got some like Roland kind of keys uh, and then on the other side you've got like a, a, a mandolin uh, and then you've got somebody playing half acoustic kit and then mm. some digital stuff you, you some pads a lot of
1: buskers nowadays with like full on like desks full of and yeah. and yeah. triggers and stuff. And they're yeah. they're just doing looping stuff. Yeah, I suppose it's so expensive to have a band. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs>
0: really when you look at how much you spend on the band. <laughs> um the very little you make if you make anything. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's understandable that people are going towards um solo with a lot of loop and
1: mm-hmm. I guess it's something you can carry with you everywhere and you've got yourself a full band. Yeah. yeah, And there's no
0: arguments. <clears throat> except yeah. For and Yeah. It's easier to manage. Um, you just have to account for yourself, I suppose. When you've got multiple people, that's very difficult. It's uh-huh. different. Being in a band and then playing solo is 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 very different. Mm. And having a band is a whole. It's a lot of the time it's very frustrating, but it's counteracted with it actually being. So much, better. yeah, absolutely. So much yeah, 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 yeah. Um, either because you were playing, you said we were your brother as well, so that sort of solo
2: to yeah, I, I, duo I, to band,
0: how you feel the differences. Yeah,
2: there's a massive difference for me for sure. And I, I, think there, there, there was a time when I said I wouldn't have a band again. Um, which I feel like a tip for saying it because I yeah. now there's just no way I'd want to play on my own, you know, certainly not permanently. Um, I think basically, you know, that you, you rely on a lot of other people when you're in a band. Um, and you rely on everybody having the same vision and the same goals and the, wanting the same path in life. Um, and I think that's and if you can if you can find a band who all want the same thing, then you've absolutely got to keep a hold of that because that that's that's got, got to be the massive challenge. So when I was in the UK, we um, I was in a band that we'd you know most of us had kind of poured our absolute heart and soul into it, and we and and it felt like we were achieving some really great things. There's some stuff that I'm, I'm immensely proud of. Um, but ultimately, that it just came down to just kind of one or two people in the band saying, actually, you know, I think I'm going to try something else, or, you know, I think, yeah. I think I'm going to go to university now. <laughs> you know, yeah. my mum's <laughs> pressuring Those me. Things. You know, do you know what and I mean? Just i just that get kind of job thing. because this isn't paying Yeah, 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 up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so, and you kind of realise that, well, actually, was, was it just me with all that drive? And was, you know, is it just. Mm. And so, I, I, there was a period where I kind of felt like. Um, I, you know, I wanted to just kind of do you know, I can play a, a number of instruments so I was like well, I'll, I'll just do it myself then <laughs> you know I've got, I've got the drive to, to want to go and, go and do that but then I guess really it's through playing with the pirates which kind of happened by accident with, with them just kind of inviting me to come and join and play along and stuff and just you know I mentioned that whole thing about it feeling like a gang and a family or whatever and yeah. I just yeah I wouldn't, I wouldn't swap that for anything now it's just, I, yeah, think, I think that, that. that really pays off in, in regards to yeah there's some compromise sometimes in terms of you know, musical direction and where you want to go I think less so in Guernsey in fairness we were talking about the difference between mm. Guernsey music scene etc something I had to really get my head around when I first came to Guernsey I don't know if you had the same thing Mox was that in, in the UK there's a, there's a natural kind of drive to want to do bigger venues and play further afield so you know you've got your kind of core want for a better term fan base if you like where, where you live uh, and you're trying to play the bigger venues where you live and then you're trying to play further away and it's like well now we're driving an hour when we you know we were just playing our own town that you know a few months ago and now we're driving two hours away and that kind of stuff so there, and there's that real kind of natural drive and and for me there was that element of coming to Guernsey that you don't you don't necessarily have that same that goal isn't necessarily there. Unless, you know, you're a band who wants to go to the UK and tour and stuff and that's, you know, that's that's one drive. Let's right. get a coach together of all of our people <laughs> and <laughs> go to. <Yeah>. <laughs> <of them>. Exactly. <laughs>
4: Let's yeah. Go, yeah. To yeah. go to the UK
0: over here with the fans that we've got. And Let's people go all, all the way to the UK. All to all UK. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, sure they do. Yeah, we've yeah. had some yeah.
3: amazing people turn yeah. up to yeah. our gigs.
0: I think the Ukuleles Ladies had a, a, a show in London when they were on tour in the UK and out of all the people they, they're... S- Get ready for the show. They start playing, and John Gollop walks <laughs> through the door. <laughs> yeah, so it's like all the people you can yeah, expect yeah, yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I
2: don't think every band has that driver, do they? That's kind of you know. That's kind of my point. I think not every Guernsey band is trying to get to the UK or trying to tour. Sometimes it's just having a good time playing in pubs yeah, in Guernsey is right, is, yeah. is the goal. Do you know what I mean? And that's what they want to achieve, and that's what they are achieving. Do you know what I mean? So that that's, that was something that. Um, that yeah, I found slightly different. I remember there was a gig where um, I can't think what it was now. Because it was so many years ago, but there was something that possibly there was a song in particular. I think that probably didn't show us in the best light, but it was fun. And I remember thinking, "What we're gonna we're gonna let people see us do this? What do you what do you mean? Like, what are people gonna think of this?" And, and I remember kind of in my kind of UK head. <laughs> I was thinking but won't the are people still going to come to the the next show or are we going to play a bigger venue off it and that kind of stuff and, and it took me a little while to realize that actually it, it's just fun people just wanted to do it for fun and, and yeah. yeah and there's there's a lot to be said for that and I think that's something you that you you often get in, in Guernsey bands is that you know their goal is to be doing exactly what they're doing now yeah. I
1: think it should mm. be
2: fun though shouldn't it Absolutely yeah, of course it should yeah yeah it's a it's a great thing yeah 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 even if it's
4: torturous in some ways, even yeah. if it's yeah. something that is heart bled and, and really, really intense, it's cathartic and therefore it, it's kind of good. I wanted to uh, shift tack slightly um, and w- w- coming back down to um, to um, this subject of musicians playing in bands and um, and something a bit controversial maybe, bass uh-huh. players who sing. Yeah,
3: um, I don't know if anyone's really got any about thoughts about bass too. players who who sing. I um, it's it's uh, I'm getting <laughs> really bad eyes from really. right, it,
2: you've got another drummer on the table. You're all right.
3: This no, is a th- safe place. Th- this mm-hmm. is just something that I've noticed lately, and it's it's nothing. It's just kind of an interesting. You know, when you have this moment of music and you just go, actually, that's a really interesting point. It's one of those just things bookmarks that I've just made. Is that one of the great things about playing with you? Graham at St. James was the fact that I felt like I had someone with me and I don't normally have that feeling. I'm not at the front. I'm not engaging with the audience like singers and guitarists are. I'm at the back um, seeing the wonderful backsides of people (laughs) (laughs) having Uh, a very very good time. Sorry, hang
4: on, which band are we talking about? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) All of the bands. And
3: it just kind of occurred to me that my closest ally in a band is a bass player. Oh yeah. And the thing is, is that as a drummer, you've got to be so tight with the bass player. That's the one thing I always ask for in my monitor. If I don't have it in my monitor, I have to make sure the amp is turned towards me. Because that's my connection to then everything else. It's kind of like this connectivity. But if the bass player is singing, his attention is removed from me. And I can't connect with him in the same way as I can if he was not singing. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So for me as a drummer, to get my best performance out of me mm-hmm. and in order to connect better with the band is that I feel like my bridge has kind of been cut off slightly. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's kind of not a derogatory thing saying that bass players shouldn't sing like I think that drummers shouldn't sing. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, because this is another controversial thing as well, so which nice. I've, I like, I'm just going to be, like I'm just going to show up and say how I feel. But it's it's just an interesting point that it really is, occurred yeah. to me the other day, and I just thought, hold on a second, how is um, the bass player who used to not sing is now singing? Because before, um, for, for example, before Joe, there was Nathan who didn't sing, and before that there was Attila in the, in the Rex who didn't sing, but now Joe's singing. Has that affected a performance? T- has that affected the oh, way I play? No, has that affected very, my connectivity?
1: Of any sort of reassurance. Last night when I saw you guys, it was like one of the best times I've ever seen you play. So
3: thank you so much
1: that's for Joe. But yeah, it sounded yeah. really, really tight, and I'd like yeah, totally locked in. There was lots of new little moments in the songs as well, mm. which I noticed that.
3: That's from like that's from us playing so much together lately. and having mm. the experiences that we have as a band <laughs> is it's kind of given us a little bit more confidence being with each other because we have spent time away yeah. together. And it's given us uh, a, we've kind of with like with all the bands, the reason you' talking about solo musicians earlier, I could never be a solo musician because the reason I play music is to be part of a family. That's mm. like the core for me is to be part of something. And without that, I don't think I would be. I would um even if I'm playing just music by myself, I always go and share mostly i share with with Tim, even if it's like instrumental acoustic stuff and on the piano. I have to show somebody because I feel like it's not music unless I'm sharing it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like it's just an interesting point that I was just thinking about as a as a drummer, like how do we connect when we're removed?
4: Yeah, we're often at the back, and especially we talk about St. James, we've seen some of the video footage that uh, Chris filmed of the gig Mm that is out there on social media, and some of the pictures that uh, Tom Girard is really well done uh, putting out actually the drums are in a little dark corner and and
5: we're and in a dark, that's do, what I said you, you do, do not know. see them, yeah. they are
0: not they, they, they are not there them. I'm not the most attractive drums the time you get tight <laughs> and you get true. better and you the connection's slightly easier is also due to the fact that we've played um, a lot of gigs where we've had the advantage of being able to play between us rather than just to the public as hmm. well okay Simply because the public wasn't necessarily there. I'm not going to put anything more <laughs> out there. But you've got to play, you've just got to play so much. Mm-hmm. And you've got to play these live shows and you've got to go through the mill and do those ones where mm-hmm. it isn't just a full crowd, where you do have a disconnect, I think, between the band when it's full, because you've got to concentrate so much on that band. Mm-hmm. So by doing all the other ones, which, I mean, it happens very, very rarely. And they are mainly private parties, but... Um, you know, when we do a show for one or two people because when yeah, we do yeah, a real public yeah. show it's mm. arena after arena <laughs> after <laughs> arena. So many arenas. Um, so so yeah, many it's nice arenas. going to Europe just to get a bit it's of exhausting. a break really. But, um, yeah, doing those smaller shows then you get the time to actually just turn around and look at the drums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Richie, Richie life, connects
3: with me quite a lot during a gig. He turns around quite a lot and, and it's just like, you with us, you with us type of thing. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, I love those moments because it's a, I'm here, and like they even though you can hear the drums, sometimes you just want to con- like it is about connecting with people uh, and making sure everyone's okay we were um yeah. uh, like a, a Wilco gigo in in London and well, um, Jeff turned around to the audience and said, "Is everyone okay?" And everyone was like, "Yeah, is everyone okay?" And it was just one of those moments where it's like, "Yeah, it's like checking in with people." Oh, it's it's the just, mm. yeah, well, the, the drama was just was ridiculous. That,
1: <laughs> I, I, one of the nights I really enjoyed was um, uh, the jam night where we had the two drum kits facing each other. On stage. Yes, just, yeah. Like just seeing two drummers jamming off of each other was mm-hmm. just so much. Yeah, fun. it was really enjoyable.
0: Before going out last night, we were watching the. I think it's the. 2005 live Glastonbury with the White Stripes and I never noticed before but Richard pointed out how Jack White's got one microphone yeah, s- facing the public and then another f- microphone oh, facing okay. the yeah. so you can sort of just turn still sing and be in the microphone mm-hmm. but you're interacting with the yeah. drummer who's on yeah. the side and with Meg and it's just okay. like it's yeah <laughs> it's really cool I and mean, it's only I, only because it was pointed out I
4: never noticed it. Yeah. and it reminds That's me of what you were saying Tim about the fact that you and Jess actually that's a whole piece of music that was take, extrapolated from a song mm. and then put yeah. on to the end of the album, because, yeah. because there was a connection, because you two fused. Yeah. Because um, music's all about communication, isn't it? It is. It's Absolutely. All about in, interacting mm. with each other. So how does Moxie and Greg interact then with the Rex? How does that happen? What What's that like, you two being in a band together? What do you think? That,
0: I don't know. I I try not to speak too much to my staff. But... <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think well, Greg is literally the hardest person, hardest working. The hardest person sounds like he's some tough youth. Really few. not. Really not. Really uh, <laughs> I'm you looking at his crotch. He's
0: yeah. certainly the hardest. <laughs> oh, just around this <laughs> you know.
3: <laughs> but it seems like some of the stuff that we've done has been because Greg's work and, and now Joe's joined the team. It's, it's like every, everyone's really hard working but it does need to be noted that it, it has changed dynamic in, in how we're applying for things and, and the determination of the band. So what's he done? Uh, he's managed us really. He's oh. our manager. He's, he does. He manager. constantly <laughs> has is working. He, has he
1: inspired other people
3: to be more driven as well? Yeah, I think I, th- I think basically it's it's been driving us forward. And I think with with bands who do have aspirations to become something need that driving force. And I think Greg is like a. So that's a, huge a really good point.
4: Force. We're going to go gigs podcast. Mm. Greg, what do you do? What would your advice be to other bands out there who are looking to manage themselves? What do you do? What um, are the
0: skills that you need to bring? I think first of all, you've got to decide whether you actually want to do it or not. Mm-hmm. Because if you just want to have fun, and you want to be in a band, and you want to yeah. just enjoy it and play just enjoy it. Yeah. Don't get involved in that because
1: it's mm-hmm. not worth it. It can <laughs> become like work,
0: can't it? It, 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 becomes, is, it becomes really work. Yeah. And I mean, we had a tour at the beginning of the year, and it took about five months of booking. Especially when you're an unknown... Sorry,
4: uh, listeners can't see this, but when you were talking there, <laughs> you're you, you taking your glasses off, you're rubbing your forehead, you're like stress. Stressing your temples. It's, it sounds like it was hard
0: work, brother. Well, basically, you could take your day to day... If you do, I don't know, you do a 40-hour week, and then if you're trying to book tours and book a band, you've got to add an extra 20 hours of work on top of that each week at least. Whoa. So that's anything from menial boring things like trying to send emails and you can only send five at a time and so you're waiting and then it's press releases and every email you send it's a a common mistake for a lot of bands as well i think when they're starting is they they think oh it's great i will really want to play boomtown or i really want to play glastonbury so i'm just going to apply for boomtown and glastonbury Um, Because I want to play those festivals. And it's like, well, you don't get those until you've played all the others. So when you're applying for festivals, you can't apply for Boomtown and Glastonbury. You've got to apply for every single festival that is any application. You've got to find a way of doing it and getting over and funding. And also, you've got to sacrifice a lot in the sense, I spoke to someone the other day about it, and they were saying how they wanted to tour and, oh, and it must be so much easier and things like that. And you've got to say, well, you've been on holiday twice with your wife this year. To Spain on holiday we don't go on holiday with my partner because we've been on tour (laughs) twice this year and she's had to unfortunately accept that and she's gone on separate holidays and things but that's all the holiday time it's thousands of pounds to that are spent on Mm. going to do these things and, and places so it really is a decision but it's worth it if that's really what you want to do but it is it's hours it's hours of emails it's hours of contacts it's hours of of maintaining those contacts and driving and it's driving around then after work when you've finished and you're tired you've got to get up and you've got to move the gear and you've got to buy new gear and you've got to load it unload it get drivers there's it's everything it's a lot but i'm exhausted just, way do it, just, you're just listening. Really and if you want to get further as a band i mean you can't be recognized and you won't get those gigs another common mistake a lot of the time is I think people find it here because we've been very lucky in being able to get bigger bands from the UK and then those bands have come over and they've they've spoken and got to know some of the bands and they're really good friends and they're like oh it'd be great we'll have you do a a tour with us which means no organizing and things like this and the band are going well we're not going to organize a tour because this band said they were getting on they're not going to book you I'm sorry to say it they are not yeah yeah. Their manager has got another band on their list that they're going they're not going to book a band from Guernsey that's going to cost them a fortune to go on tour that's unknown. Uh-huh. It's just a myth. So book yourself a tour yeah. and go and do it or just go away for a weekend and and enjoy it or do it yourself because you need to get recognized before you'll even get a chance of doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that was a big, big, long rant there. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just going um,
3: This is what Greg oh, needs. Oh, man, he's what what done we need so it. well this year. <laughs> Jesus,
1: you're going through it's, it. it. It's the same with like any kind of career pursuit, though. If you do it because you enjoy it, then do it because you enjoy it. But if you want to turn it to a job, it is a job. Mm-hmm. Like, you, mm. you don't think if you're a photographer or, designer exactly. or a designer or, you know, and it's pressure. Oh, it's a position, like you turning that into a job. You, it, you, you can't really just switch it off and say, I'm going to do job. it every <laughs> Sunday yeah, afternoon, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: every day, whenever,
4: whenever the phone rings. That's a really good segue there, because you're absolutely right. And and, and um, that's an important point for you, I think, Elliot, because you you, you pretty much started Guernsey gigs. Mm-hmm. You've got your own business going in regards to photography and doing videos and promos. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that's within going to gig and some of it's without, and you've also got a full-time job as well, and you play in brunt jeez um, man how do you how, how do you have the time? you did this uh, you did this aquarium gig oh, yeah. uh, recently, which was just fantastic <laughs> how did you fit everything into that
1: um, you just, if you enjoy doing it, then you just put it in you know
0: uh, okay. You've well, got uh, a particularly good calendar, calendar as well. I yeah. have seen Elliot's calendar yeah. and I think organization is key. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. I mean, missing, my calendar yeah. is full. Elliot's is something else. You, you <laughs> <put> my <laughs> calendar in my scale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, having a good calendar is very useful.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Great. That's a really good tip. I really uh, don't have any other tips, just, to, <laughs> yeah, just uh, organization. Post-it yeah. notes. Soup super busy how was the aquarium gig i mean uh, the, what the what like a place really to put, cool. yeah yeah it was can it you was tell us a bit how that happened
1: so um the aquarium has shut down or well, it was shutting down at the time um and they they wanted to do a little bit of a farewell gig um a bit of a fish. So see well, you later thanks for the fish bastille day yeah uh <laughs> so yeah, they, they put on a, a little uh, last-minute gig, which was good fun. Um, but yeah, there was some weird fire regulations about how many people it could hold capacity-wise because it's actually quite a huge venue, but um, there's only one entrance and one exit. And so if there was a fire, which seems unlikely because it's a damp tunnel with lots of water. Lots of tanks in it. Where are we going to get the water from?
4: Do fish have to have fire drills? Apparently.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so I think that the max capacity was something like fifteen people, which seems ridiculous. Oh, no. Yeah, so um, fifteen. Fifteen people. That's probably their capacity. their annual
4: um, <laughs> visitor footfall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow.
2: They've never had yeah. to worry about it before. It's yeah, like, really. It's um, the first time they've, they've done somewhere. a gig, right? <laughs> it's not really something that comes up very no, often, I'm exactly. guessing. <laughs> so, so, um,
1: yeah, I think the it's obviously the place. to Well, be the, seen. the solution they had was quite good. They they basically rather than set it right back into the tunnels, they put it where the entrance desk is okay and then it was projecting outwards so you kind of could fit up to 60 people oh okay
3: that's interesting outside
1: into the the tunnel and outside a sort of of marquee leading outwards from that so that you could extend it a bit further um and we were slightly worried about what the sound was going to be like because it's a big cave essentially but um they've got that kind of fake astroturf on the floor yeah. and
3: it actually sounded amazing like the, the that's quite maybe absorbed. that's we're we're what really
0: St James really needs is AstroTurf yeah. Yeah. AstroTurf, astroturf. All it's all
4: venues do it John Bisson take note if <laughs> you're yeah. listening AstroTurf we <laughs> need <Okay>. it <laughs> 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 in St James because <laughs> that'll look beautiful that's, yeah will it
3: go well with yeah the the architecture and the interior design do you have
4: too cover versions like Beach Boys songs like Cod Only Knows that was the
0: most fun of that I mean, whole really thing. We had a really good Facebook
1: thread. That was with Some really funny fish
0: puns. That was my day off. Really? <laughs> that, that was, was the really? best two <laughs> hours I've had oh, all day. Tunaway. Tunaway.
2: There were so many. Wu Tang clam. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed Nevermind yeah. the Pollocks. Yeah. That was my yeah. favorite. Yeah. The poster was That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but that was, a, Tuna uh, that was Swift. a really good way to promote the game. because Swift. everyone was joining in commenting on that and seeing posters, so it just kind of mm. spiralled out control. I think that was 200 comments. Though, yeah. you know. That was amazing.
0: Um, <laughs> I did spend two hours on my couch all my day. off, sat in front of Facebook just thinking of <laughs> When There was cleaning and things to do, but it was not possible. We, we had several
1: copywriters at work joining
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: and again all power I know we've mentioned the Veil Earth Fair before and going to Gigs podcast but all power to the Veil Earth Fair for yeah. jumping amazing. into that yeah, opportunity yeah. And, 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 and celebrating yeah, so that, that, that venue and kind of make yeah. it yeah. Yeah. make it something let's yeah. hope it turns into a laser quest or something like <laughs> yeah. that that'd be nice well That's I for grabs. I kind of know that we're kind of reaching the end of this particular podcast <laughs> uh, because we've run out of tea and the cheese has taken a right old hammering. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about two things, three things that came out. Um, the first thing comes, I don't know how we suggested this when we were putting together this list of questions. Uh, it's kind of related to the aquarium gig mm. mermaid
1: porn. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember that being put on the list. <laughs> it was. <laughs>
3: I well, think that's just you writing that down. I think that I was,
4: was just you taking it. a note. That's later. just you, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you, you were all talking about it before we
2: recording, so we can
1: sidestep that. Yeah, we were talking that. about yeah. history, were Yeah, we? yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You, you'd think uh, it would have come out of the aquarium gig, but I really don't yeah. think it did. Yeah, a yeah.
4: uh, little came out of there. Um, left-handed <laughs> <laughs> drummers was uh, the oh. other thing. Left-handed oh, drummers?
3: Yeah, hate them. They're awful. Are I mean, there any left handed drummers the out there? There are. There's there's me and there's another Another guy. Jay. 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 Okay. Jay's left handed.
0: Uh, who's Jay play with?
3: Gay Army. Oh yeah, of uh, course Jay. Oh, so yeah, from yeah, now yeah, on yeah, yeah, all yeah.
0: gigs have to be done with another band that's
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 so anymore. Anymore.
0: Oh, oh and Coastal
3: Fire Department, it. his ah, their drummer's left handed That would be made that would be really good. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like one of those things when I'm shoved in between two other bands, if I'm like the second band on, it's the worst, because I've got to like change stuff. Very quickly, when we were over in Sweden, I had to tell the sound guys as soon as I got there, I'm left-handed, uh, the it, eyes. I, literally, there was <laughs> that, only- That the, in any like, language. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's like left-handed, left they're just like, <laughs> don't understand, just go left hand. no, right, left hand. they're just like, oh. But a couple the, people are amazing, like they, put up with us but I do realise and this is my opportunity I think to apologise for me destroying people's kits making it left-handed and then when I borrow them and then putting it back to right-handed I think I've used yours a few times. Yeah you have and it's it's
4: never any hassle really at all except for when you've got a really tight time constraint yeah, and that's uh, you know when you're feeling you know, it's so pressure of, yeah it's ass of
2: having yeah. us to play yeah, do, and yeah. hat at the same time <laughs> <laughs> no, no new mocks I bet you always put it back afterwards so. I do yeah I oh, try wow. my
3: best but uh, it's like the sound guys like Woody and, and people like that are just so helpful and anyone um, who helps yeah it's it, it, it does make a massive difference and
4: musicians generally we like to help each other Absolutely. so there is an all hands on deck kind mm. of feel I don't know if that's true for mandolin guitar flute bass players as well whether you have that same kind of camaraderie when it comes to swapping over equipment and heads and strings. i think we're like the right. best
3: drummers are the best at it uh, i have to i have to say that only because i've got experience from but no, i think bass is the at no, it. The are the best no the drums are the best we just kind of know how much equipment we've got and it's just sometimes yeah. it's like you i've been at a gig and my snare's broken and i've just shouted out quickly has anyone got anything and like drummers have, the first to go, yeah, just borrow this, mm. borrow just that. Throw well, snares, well. snares at the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. drummers
1: are always the ones with the band band because you know they're the ones. Well, apart that from, from Greg, love the kit around. Greg, I love you, Greg, no. <laughs> Greg
3: has the band. but it's just it's. But normally, they're, they're the ones that I have to buy a van. Exactly. Their kit, yeah. So but to be honest,
0: I have not been in a band. Oh, I've met. Actually, I've been in one. I will tell a lie, and he was a percussionist that had a, a band band. Most drummers I like know don't have a band. <laughs> not the most organised. <laughs> Yeah. Like bass players as well, they tend to, and double bass players. Well, double <laughs> bass players only own things like minis. <laughs> <laughs> it's room.
1: very weird. But yeah, can't show the smart car. Hell <laughs> yeah. This is
4: a long list of so, other musicians. Yeah. <laughs> it? Yeah, 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 without Vic yeah. Greg has been banned. with this. <laughs> well. Okay, so final subject before we do an, any other business, I guess, which is something that uh, we were riffing on again before we started recording was about obsessing do you remember us talking about that? Yeah. Kind of like obsessing. Is that we kind of talking about obsessing, like rehearsing, um, practicing at home, obsessing writing, practicing? What was that about? I
0: think it started with the idea of it being selfish to a certain extent. Okay. Being a musician, being kind of a self selfish to in a certain area. As you being a musician to your family or or friends or other people or other musicians almost and then it came and kind of went through Mm. obsession with it
2: I I think you were talking about loneliness Graham in the sense that it's quite an insular thing to have to do certainly in the beginning when you're learning an instrument there's a lot of uh, you know focus and alone time that you've got to kind of put in Um, I was saying I like to think there's a kind of a payoff for it later we were talking earlier on about the difference between playing solo and playing in bands and for me now where i am at the moment it's music is something that i share you know it's i, I wouldn't want to go on a stage on my own at this point I, I just enjoy that riffing off each other like we've been talking about throughout this conversation and i think you have to go through that to begin with but there comes a point as a musician at least in a performing point of view um where you kind of get that that experience to share but i think greg's point was around the fact that you have to spend a lot of time away from home and you, know, mm. you got to get a lot of free passes from from home and from the family and that kind of stuff and they. Mm. They needs to be a bit of understanding, I guess, in the sense that you have you're going to have this obsession. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not
0: every partner mm. can deal when they mm. realise that you can't go out on Friday and Saturday night, and you can't um, most some weekday weeks as well or disappear and between and they can't understand the extra yeah. extra time. I think so. You've got to find the right person. That yeah,
1: but and dating other musicians isn't always the best. And I've not either <laughs>
0: because you have got that thing of. Mm a lot of the time there is sometimes even an ego involved in that and I remember a friend of mine She she's an oboe teacher and uh, her husband is a, a tuba teacher and also um, a director of music school and he's been an international musician he's absolutely incredible and she said when they got married she had to realize that her career was going to go second from that point on because simply she wasn't going to be as good or as recognized, but it was a really difficult ego thing to come over and that she would have to take over the family a little mm-hmm. bit more because that's what he did and that was his job and he was better and that was something that had to be accepted at the time. He so had more success at that he time. He had more success. Okay. And, interesting. And, and so yeah, it was, it was difficult and had to be accepted, but at the same time because it was...
4: Because the thing to recognize there, it's not always about better. If it, you can be a better musician but less successful yeah, yeah, sure. than somebody yeah, else, yeah. actually your partner might be actually better than you. Yeah, unless they they you're just a have having luck or a break, and or, absolutely. Trying to be as good
0: as you can, and then you realise that your partner who you live with every day is always out bettering you in, in your in your work. Essentially, it can be it can be a cause for friction quite quite quickly.
2: So I, th- I think just not a good kind of friction. In a, um, a very kind of recent example, the St. James gig we were talking about is a, is a good example. I mean, that took a phenomenal amount of our time. Um, and I think you know all of us had to just put every kind of waking moment we had in, into the production in one way or another, not just the fact that we were you know rehearsing a couple of times a week. I mean, I, I travel quite a lot for work, so there'll be a night or two of the week where I'm in the UK for work anyway. So if you then chuck in two rehearsals and the fact that I'm trying to write narration or help you know, the guys out with something else around, you know, video or sound or something on like those lines at the same time. You know, most of that narration was written in the little five-minute bursts I could find here and there. I literally, what there was, wasn't was the a time when I wasn't trying to uh, wow. trying to write something, you know. Um, so, yeah, it just takes a, a phenomenal amount of time. It, it has to be a labour of love. You've got to have those moments. You were saying right. about Maida Vale, you, you need to have that psyche where you can just take a second and enjoy mm-hmm. what's happening around you at that moment. Yeah. Um, I remember sending you guys a message before going to Maida Vale just to... Think about it for a sec while you're
3: there, and I, I did. And literally, I like took your advice, and that's that's I did sit out for two minutes before recording, thinking, right, I'm here, I have to show up, I have to do something, that's got to be good. <laughs> and it's like it is. It's you've that, got to have that moment. You do have to have that's that moment. What it's all for, right? Definitely. What was your message?
2: Then? Um, I just said to um, to the guys that you know, there's. I mean, when I think back on some of the stuff I've done, I kind of think there's probably. You know, I may not do that again. And did I? I think I was pretty good at thinking about that at the time. In fairness, because you've always got that sense of awe when I mean, you're in a you know, big studio or whatever. Um, when I think back on that, you know, that though there are moments that I would probably considered being like some kind of peaks of what I've done with music. Um, and so I just I, I loved the fact that these guys were going to another another level, you know, another step or whatever. And I just kind of was just really keen that they would just have a sec to think about what was happening around the place, like you were saying uh, yeah, with yeah, your brother Greg you know, it was, it was just moment. just you know enjoy sure that, 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 that like moment you said yeah mm-hmm. you know i was trying desperately not to say it might not happen again because we're sure it will
4: yeah. mm-hmm. well, <laughs> but, well we're very famous you know you're exactly in stadiums exactly. after stadiums but that's yeah, i
2: think that's really important i think because that's ultimately what what it's all for you yeah? know mm-hmm. that's the reason that you're you know you're you're away from your family yeah. or you're spending every every hour you're spending every penny you've got on equipment and all that kind of stuff and if you can't just have those moments then you know it's it's all a bit
0: you were with us when we did um, Beautiful Days this year, which was a, yeah. of, a big leap for us, Yeah. and um, we brought crew, so we had Tim and we had Dave, who's on, our road as well, so Tim on, on Stage Tech and stuff. Because um, the more you go up, being a musician, the more bigger shows you've got to do, it's not the more money than make, it's the more that you have to have more crew around you to do other things <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all this extra. And it was really good and I remember that moment of enjoying it just before we got up on stage where it was the first time that I'd actually seen most, like the full band actually genuinely quite giddy and also quite, quite nervous before getting up. But it was that nervousness at the same time of just sitting there and going, oh, this is, this is amazing. We're being yeah, yeah, big yeah. Top. Yeah. It's like Yeah.
2: And it was. And it was a phenomenal success. It was uh, I, I was just really kind of humbled to be a part of it. I know it sounds really cheesy, but it was you know, I mean the 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 big top was absolutely packed out as well, which I don't think any of us were expecting necessarily. You know, at that time of well, no, you know, it's it's it's, apart I from the it was fact fe- you're so famous, obviously. <laughs> well um, yeah, yeah. And there was one I remember there was one there was one moment where I I think I'd tuned something of yours on one side of the stage and I had to go around the other side of the stage to tune Richie's guitar and hand that to him at the other side. I remember s- sprinting like behind the curtain on the back of the stage. I was out of breath when we got to the other end. I was like, this
4: stage is fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> I started to worry about like, how long it was going to take me to get from one end to the
2: other. I was genuinely really nervous about not Should getting to the other side tops. in time. And, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So but, yeah it, was, it was stressful.
0: But it was that moment of enjoying it, I think. And having the full And then when you finished, because we did, before going out, you got soundcheck and there was no one, we were starting at 12, so it's the empty stage. Mm. And then you go out and you think, oh, well, a hundred people turn up, because there's about three in the room, that'll be good, you know, we got we got at least a hundred people turning up, and then you walk back out, and then you it's like, absolutely yeah, rammed. Yeah, yeah. Play the show, you get yeah, back, and there's that moment after the show where you've got everyone, all the crew, all your friends, like, the band, it's a really tight moment, and that's it takes a while and I can't remember, I think it was with Dave as well when we were driving the car back when right. all four and I was just sitting in the car going, well, that was fucking good. That was good. <laughs> it was only sort of two hours later by this point and just sort of realising it and coming back. And yeah, you do have to step back and go, that was fun because the yeah. adrenaline is pouring yeah. through.
4: Well, I want to make the point though that it, 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 it is proportional to where you are on the whole uh, whether you're a musician and playing in a gig um, list, whether it's a big gig oh, like that, mm-hmm. or whether it's your first gig yes. mm, at oh, the Ferme the... Tavern or in a pub yeah. and you're a school band, you just start it. That sense of Excitement and nerve, and uh, relying on other yeah. people, yeah. Uh, it, it's just proportional. Each it'll, step it'll, you've it'll, got, it, whether it's that first gig or it's the different. other step up or anything, that's it's, where you so, that's where you do
0: it because you've got the kicks from that. So <laughs> yeah, 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 Hopefully, we'll, people
4: will take that as a bit of inspiration that they kind of know that you know these feelings are the same. Absolutely, they're just yeah. at different levels. Mm-hmm. It does it doesn't matter if you're playing yeah. two two people and there dog or their ferret or, whatever, it is a or drive, whether it's a for yeah. so you're yeah. constantly yeah. searching for the next hit to kind of
0: <laughs> yes. because that was too good mm. and yeah you know you've got to get something stronger as you go along yeah. and then yeah. gradually you can kind of just enjoy it for what it is because yeah. you so know how cool. to drink in moderation
2: <laughs> yeah I, I, that was kind of my point at the beginning about in in the guernsey music scene by being what it is you know for some bands it's not about trying to tour or trying to go to the uk or to europe whether it's about getting that feeling you know once yeah. twice you know every month or every couple of months when you when you're playing at a pub and you know if, if that's what you love then you know you've you've made it in a sense so
4: i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna jump in here with a little bit of nepotism from my own point of view and i know we're we're closing but that's a very important sentiment something i've been thinking about recently is the band that i'm playing in have been together for just 10 years pretty much bang on uh, November, so we're into November now, we formed in 2009, we've been playing for 10 years, we've done three albums, we've got this big show coming up at the end of this month on the 29th and 11th at St. James. We've been racking our brains as to what the hell to do with this beautiful venue and kind of how to do it. and so we're going to do a live album. So we're going to record a live album. We're going to make sure that our playing is spot on. Moxie, you're going to be playing a bit of a drum duo with me as well, which is Can quite we see how cool. that sounds. In soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be filmed, and it's going to be a free film for people to to sort of have. And it's going to be a bit of a sort of uh, sort of. Uh, a psychedelic vibe we've got music box dancers coming into interpret the school so Ellie Mitchell from the ukuleles runs a dark school uh, a dance school not a dark school Uh, (laughs) and so those dancers are going to be doing imagining each song we've got video uh, images going up um, three cameras one on the audience one on the dancers one on the band and then a mix match but it's not about us as a band it's about the whole performance the whole whole kind of thing Together, a bit of a party vibe. Be be the show. It's called Be the Show, yeah, because you want people to leave their phones in their pockets and not to film stuff Mm -hmm. on their phone. They can if they want to, but we're going to film it for people Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. send it to them if if they kind of want it. So that, but that's a nerve wracking thing. And I know what you mean, Tim, about every waking moment you're kind of thinking about how you're going to prepare for it and like build and building up for it. So well, I've loved is thing
0: how the St. James Presents has pushed the bands and the more, because we've just had the Pirates one and now we've got the Tanta one is the next one coming up. That's yeah. the next big one. And a bit, competition is a good thing mm. in a certain way. A bit and of absolutely. competition between yeah. the bands. It doesn't mean that you're trying to be better. Everyone's musically different. Just, but yeah, seeing someone bizarre. put on so much effort, then you've got to go, Well oh, God, what are we I think yes. I've seen other bands that are coming through to do their St James Presents are already talking about it and things for next year. And they go and see some of the other bands, they go, Well what are we gonna do? We've got to sort of up this if they put all this in, <laughs> we gotta do this. And it's it's gradually getting more and more out of hand I think, which is brilliant. <laughs> so <laughs> I really is a
4: superb opportunity yes, and, yeah. and yeah. all power to to St James headed up by John and Annie and Greg, I know that you work there as well, but, but, uh, and Charlie as well, but the whole team, Rachel and everybody, the, the whole team, they've really made this community venue a community venue. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. well, it is the bands. Brilliant. At the end of
0: the day, for those events in particular, you know, we set up the bar, we provide the room, and we push them to do something different, but it's been the bands doing everything, you know, yeah. they're putting all the sweat and, Twizz and then we and then we just we yeah. just sell booze at the end of the night and, and going
4: as gigs are going to be recording it which is absolutely <coughs> fantastic so that's good
1: that I get any other
4: edge. business kind lovely musician people around this table with I cheese and wine any, and it's tea it's and coffee is there anything else that we kind of need to talk about is there anything else that anyone wants to say before we close I think we're all right. God, got to get our right. chicken on the go in a minute. Yeah. We've we, done the list. Oh, mm. well, thank right. you very much. For thank crying.
3: you very yeah. much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. to have some too.
4: Yeah.
0: And um, we'll have some more podcasts coming out very soon. We'll um, we'll be back. We've been away for a little bit, but it's yeah. been the summer, and we've all been busy. Yeah. Um, but we've got we've got numerous other sort of people. So, uh, and if you want to come on the podcast and have a chat before so yeah. send mm-hmm. us a message and.
4: <laughs> Do it. Absolutely. Anyway, we have a rest I your you guys. I
1: think, I think is really wearing glasses, I know, like the clothes though.